right. Hello. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening, depending on where you're listening or watching us from. Uh, so privileged and honored to be another session of Leadership Talk with Adigoke. This is the 39th session. And uh, it's an honor to be with me tonight, my sister, my friend from North Carolina, uh, Reverend Tadron Cows. Uh, she's an amazing lady, fascinating lady. She's, um, she's a sister, she's a friend, and uh, it's such an honor to have you on Leadership Talk with Adigoke. You're welcome. Thank Tell you us. so much for having me. Who are you? Who is a Reverend Tadion Cows? <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, thanks for asking. First of all, I want to say thank you again for this opportunity. I am a wife of over 20 years. I am a mother uh, of a blended family of five children. And my youngest child just graduated from high school this past weekend. So I will be able to add empty nester to my introduction really soon. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm also a grandmother. Um, but other than that, I am also the pastor of the Ebenezer AME Zion Church in Waxhaw, North Carolina. I'm also a writer and an instructional designer for the Department of Church School Literature of the AME Zion Church. Yep. And um, I am also a, a a coach with the John Maxwell team. And um, I am really, I really enjoy every opportunity that I have to share about leadership. I tell people I am all things leadership (laughs) because I truly believe that everything rises and falls on leadership. Amazing. Amazing. Now uh, I I know you, uh, you're, you're not just a pastor. You've been a pastor for so many years and your dad was a pastor. Could you speak to that being the, a pastor's kid? I can. Um, growing up as a pastor's kid, I was always in church. I was a PK. And the good thing about it is that I actually love church, which is a different testimony for some of my other friends who feel like they were drugged to church. They didn't like always being at church. But I really did love church. I loved everything about church. I loved wow. singing the choir. I loved to go to Sunday school. I loved church, the services. I loved everything about church. But the reality of it is, is that I never had any desire to be a pastor. It was never my dream. It was never my intention. It was never my plan. And I served in the church for over 20 years, particularly as an executive, an administrator. I've served along with pastors for so many years, but there was never any intention of mine to be a pastor myself. But here I am. (laughs) Wow, wow. Amazing, amazing. Amazing. So how did you get into leadership? Oh, I'm glad that you asked. You know, I was called into leadership and um, I I was able to fully embrace that call because of John Maxwell. Um, I didn't really understand the what leadership was all about, the necessity of it, the benefit, the power of it, what it was all about. In my estimation, being a leader was like being a boss where you bossed everybody around. 
And I didn't understand that that had nothing to do with leadership, right? Um, and so I had come to a point in my life where I had tried everything and it just seemed like I was failing and falling apart. I had tried every, uh, I had tr tried several different careers, industries. I was in retail. I sold cars one time. I went to beauty school. You know, wow. I was just trying to find myself. I may have necessarily been running from a call to ministry, but I was just trying to find myself right. I went to college and got a degree in criminal justice, thinking that instead of me being a pastor or a minister, I would just be a youth worker. And to be honest, it was like a compromise. I'm like, okay, God, I'm not going to do ministry, but I will work with troubled young people. And that's kind of what I wanted to do, but I never was able to get a employed at any uh, juvenile delinquency um, everything that I tried, it was just falling apart. But one day I came in contact with John Maxwell's book, The 21 Laws of Leadership. And I turned to the page where it said that you will only go as far as your leadership. Wow. And I understood that that to mean that, number one, I was not submitting to the proper leadership because I thought I knew everything and I wasn't listening. You know, and the second thing is, is that I was not developing my leadership skills. Wow. So when I felt, so when I understood now that that in order for me to be successful, I needed to submit to leadership and I needed to develop my leadership skills. That's yeah. when my entire life started to change and wow. I moved from where I was to where I am today. Wow, well, so proud of you. You know, I'm, I just want to thank you for coming <laughs> on this platform, leadership talk with Adigoki. I mean, uh, we've known way back from 2016. We met in Florida, and um, you yeah. know. It was a chance meeting, and here we are today, you know, on the on the platform. It was a dream come true. It was a dream come true. I had been teaching from John Maxwell. One, I had met him one time previous, like in 2007, I met yeah. him. And I always was thinking, oh, my God, I just really wish that I could, you know, do something with John Maxwell, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And when yeah. that opportunity came for us to come and be certified with him and to meet him and to be trained and all of that, I was like, yes. And I worked my I worked three jobs to raise up that money to get to wow. that to that conference. Wow. And it's wow. it's one of the best investments that I have ever made in myself. Uh wow. it is one of the best investments. Wow. And you are wow. a result of it. You listen, look at look at I'm going global now because of my connection. <laughs> no, no, it's it's uh you know it's it's a great community. I mean, I'm so privileged to um I've met a number yes. of people apart from and, and yourself, you know, I mean, you are a fascinating lady, you someone of value <laughs> and you're authentic. And, you know, I just want to celebrate you on this platform. And I know oh. that you're going to, uh, you're my sister it, from, from another country, but um, That's we're, right. showing up together. we're showing up together. Um, now, can you speak to this? Um, we're looking at leadership and forgiveness. What's, what's, the, how do you, how do you, what's the connection between leadership and forgiveness? All right. Well, it's first of all, let me say it's interesting that you asked and invited me to be a part of this broadcast on this subject, because I was just in the midst of dealing with this. I was having to ask for forgiveness for something that I had a shortcoming, a mistake or a fault that I had. It was on my part and I had to humble myself and um, 
I had to to be small and big enough to ask wow. for forgiveness. And um, then when I, you know, after all of this happened, I get this call and say, hey, we want you to come and talk about forgiveness and leadership. So I think it was a God thing. I think that for me to have this opportunity was something that God was saying to me. This is not just about you. It's a lot of people who need to understand the connection between leadership and forgiveness. First of all, I think the connection is, is that you have to forgive yourself because as a leader, you are going to make mistakes. You right. are going to fall. You are going to fall short. Um, but you have to realize that you're not failing. You're learning. Right. Um, you're not failing. You're learning. But at the same time, it doesn't change the way you feel about what you've done. You know, I've made some mistakes even as a pastor and I beat myself up. Um, I just felt like that if I had done something better, if I had said it differently, if I had done something different, it would have turned out differently. And in some instances, I cried because I just could not forgive myself for the mistake that I made. You know, I should have been more sensitive. I should have paid more attention. I should have listened. Listen closer, right? Um, yeah. So leadership, first of all, is that you have to forgive yourself. You are right. not perfect. You are not a superhero. You know, yeah. you may feel, you know, great about the wonderful things that you get a chance to do as a leader, but you will fall sometime. So right. forgive yourself. Give yourself room for error. Maybe you're not where you think you ought to be. Maybe you don't have what you think you ought to have, but it will come together in time. It's okay. You messed up. Learn from that mistake. Forgive yourself and move forward. The second thing is, is that we have to model behavior as leaders. And if you don't know how to forgive, how can you be an example for others? You mm. have to be the example and show people that this is what you do when you do when you do wrong. This is mm. what you do when you mess up, when you disappoint, when you fall. Wow. 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 <laughs> She'll be back on. You know, it's been amazing. You know, uh, if you're just joining us, this is Leadership Talk with Adegoki. I've been on with, um, okay, she's back on. <laughs> she told me. See, God, yeah. I, want, I want God to get the glory for this. Okay, come on. No. I, I know God wants to do something in this. I know he does. Go on, um, go. So I'll hold the phone closer. And then you have to model the behavior. And the next thing is, is that unforgiveness can affect you as a leader because people need to. In. Come on, somebody that as a leader, you recognize that you make mistakes. People need to know that you know that you make mistakes and they yeah. need to see you be big enough to say, you know what? I was wrong. I made a mistake. And I think that that gives people a chance to respect you more and to mm. follow you because mm. they understand that you understand that mm. you that, that you understand that you are not perfect, that you will fall sometime, that you have given yourself room for error and that you know that there are other other people you know who may have known better than you but at the time That's you right. didn't listen so <laughs> you so you failed you know or but not really failed you learned and then you had to say you know what i was wrong you were right and That's in the right. end as bad as you feel about it people will feel good to know that they have a leader that is big enough but humble enough to say to acknowledge when they have done wrong wow 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 Reverend, you just you just you're just dropping the nuggets. Very powerful. We just want to celebrate you. Um, this is leadership talk with Adegoke, the 39th edition, and I'm on with Reverend Chadron Cows. She's from North Carolina in the USA. She's a John Maxwell certified coach, speaker, and trainer. She's also um, 
a grandmother, she's a mother, she's a wife. She 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 shares five children with her husband, and she's showing up uh, massively tonight. Now, um, I just want to find out, you know, your relationship with your dad. You know, um, before your dad passed on, is a few months ago, um, but for for months he stayed with you in your house, and you were nursing him before he passed on. Can you speak to your your relationship with your dad? Okay, you kind of, I kind of lost you at the very end. Kind of said, yeah, I was I talking about something that had to do with your dad, you know, your connection with your, being, you know, um, a pastor's connection kid. with my church. Yeah, your dad, your dad, your relationship with your dad, you know, parents, you know, forgiving our parents and dealing with those issues, you know, right? Yeah, can okay, you speak here you go. Yeah. I got you. Okay, yes, I can. Um, one of the most powerful things that I had to embrace that is so surprising for me is the concept of humanity. Yeah. When I was in seminary and I was asked to to um, uh, to uh, to envision myself or to embrace or to describe or em embody what it meant to be a human being, I struggled. Hmm. Um, and it's interesting because I said, I'm not a human being. I'm a black woman. <laughs> you know, I, I had not identified myself as a human being. I didn't. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really didn't. I didn't see. I saw myself as a woman. I saw myself as a black person. I saw myself as a pastor, a, a, a leader. I had I was able to identify with every role that I played except a human being. Wow. <laughs> and it's and it's striking to understand that wow, do you really know what it means that you are a human being? <laughs> you know, and so I think that when you understand humanity and you understand the fact that as a human being, you know, you do not have control. That's why we have divinity. There is humanity and divinity. You are a part of humanity, not divinity. So your parents don't know everything. They have tried to do the best that they can. And until you put yourself into their shoes and understand that, first of all, they are human. Second of all, they did the best that they could. When you understand that they have a story, that they have a, a, a background, you know, mm. then it will help you to better understand why your mother may have been so hard on you, why your father may have done this to you, why your mother didn't do this to you, because they have a story, too. They are only human, too, you mm. know. And so when you just embrace yourself as a human being and then that way you give yourself room for error that mm. I will mess up, that I won't know everything. I, wow. I do have shortcomings. I do have failures. Then you can better understand your need for the divine, that I wow. do need the wisdom of God, that I do need the power of God, that I wow. do need the love of God. And wow. when you understand humanity and the need for divinity, then even in spite of the things that people have done or not done to you, that the things that your mother did or did did not give to you. God makes it up. He makes up the difference. Wow. And he makes up the difference through leadership. 
that either the people who you lead, who lead you will mentor right. you, will guide you, will teach you, will provide things for you, opportunities for you, or and, and or you will develop in such a way that in spite of what was happening to you in your childhood with your parents, your siblings or whoever, you still will get to be where you need to be. Leadership wow. will make the difference. Wow. So humanity, wow. divinity, leadership. <laughs> wow. Humanity, <laughs> divinity, and leadership. That's that's awesome. Now I want you yeah. to speak to this. How do you, you know, um forgive those who have harmed you in the past, those who have hurt you in the past? How do you find yourself to you know let go as a Able leader? Get, let, you I, know what right. I right, I thought about that. L listen to this. This is an interesting concept. In order for somebody to have hurt you, they had to have a unique position, power, or importance that gave them the position to even hurt you in the first place. Yeah. Do you hear me? So you. because anybody can't hurt me, a, a person that I don't know can't hurt me. If they lie on me, it don't hurt me. If they if they treat me wrong, it don't hurt me because they're a stranger. I don't know them. You know, if somebody's competing against me and they do something against me or they're jealous of me or they yeah. are, you know, hateful towards me. It doesn't bother me because I expect for somebody in the earth to feel that way about me because that's yeah. a part of humanity that's as right. human beings. And particularly as Christians, we will suffer. We will be persecuted. We will have persecution, misunderstanding. Jesus was misunderstood. There is no way around it. But in order for me to be hurt, there had to be a pos position that I gave you that allowed you to be able to hurt me. That yeah. I trusted you. You were somebody that I expected to do better. I expected yeah. that I could trust you. You were hmm. my pastor. You were my you were my parent. You were my spouse. You were my child. You were my friend. You understand what I'm saying? You yeah. are my confidant. I I expected you as my doctor. I expected right. you. I gave you a position, right? So yeah. if I gave you a position that meant that i must have thought something very highly of you in the first place so watch yeah. this if you focus on the wonderfulness of that person that allowed you to give them that position in the first place and you allow that to override the the this mistake that they made yeah. you will begin to heal because Ooh. you will realize that he was such a wonderful doctor that's why i made him my doctor he messed Ooh. up this time but i have to forgive him because because if but because if he wasn't so wonderful, I would have never made him my doctor. Wow. You know, I would have never married him. If he wasn't so wonderful, I would have never married him in the first place. So True. when my husband does things wrong to hurt me, I realize the reason why I married him is because he's dependable. I married him because he's hardworking. I married him because he cares about me. I thought, I, you know what I mean? I married him because of the qualities that he had. Okay, now he messed up. And I have to forgive him. And then I have to watch closely now because hmm. forgive doesn't mean that I'm going to be like, okay, I forgave you. And then I give you quick room to repeat what you did, yeah. you know, but I have to watch closely. That's a part of the strategy that we'll hmm. talk about maybe future that there's a strategy that comes with you talking about leadership, you know, and the, you know, leadership and forgiveness is that yeah. you have to watch people closely. You just have mm. to watch people closely. Yeah. You know, I have to watch you closely and say, okay, you hurt me. Let me watch closely your character 
and okay. see where did I go wrong when I put you in that place thinking that you had the character that you don't have. Wow. You don't have that. Wow. So if I so if I don't watch closely, then I will allow you to be in another position that will hurt me again. Wow. <laughs> but if I watch closely, I will realize, you know what? Maybe that's a demand that he just can't meet. Maybe wow. this isn't is an expectation that I have to remove. You see what I'm saying? I yeah. have to remove that expectation. Wow, 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 wow. Amazing. <laughs> if you're just joining us, I've been speaking with Reverend Kyles. Uh, she's from North Carolina. She's um, an amazing lady. And we've been looking at the topic leadership and forgiveness. Leadership and forgiveness. This is the 39th session of Leadership Talk with Adigo K. It's on Spotify. It's also on Apple, the podcast. Um, so, but tonight promises to be awesome and it's already awesome. So, but if you have questions, uh, you know, I, I want you to jump in and just ask those questions. Uh, just some feedback. Um, uh, yeah, I think you're frozen. Yeah, you're frozen. Yeah. I got to oh. move around to catch you. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, someone said, you, you know, Odemi uh, Olaiwale, who's also uh, a fellow John Maxwell coach, speaker, and trainer, I said, you're called into leadership. Uh, is from Just Nigeria. Tolunoke uh, Famuiwa oh, wow. is also a John Maxwell uh, coach. Uh, is also saying that a leader is not a superhero. A leader is not a superhero. Um, my wife is also here celebrating, uh, you know, uh, Reverend Carl. She said, we celebrate you, Reverend Tajwan. And, um, you know, so, okay, she's back. She's back now. She's back. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think your network is uh, <laughs> your network is playing up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for those who are joining us, you know, if you have questions or comments on this area of uh, forgiveness and leadership, uh, Reverend Cows is uh, is on the platform just to um, you know address uh, this uh, this this topic. Are you on now? Are you are you good? Are you good to go? No. <laughs> I think I think we can oh, see you. We... Yeah. All right. I think she's going to come back on again. Yeah. So okay, Joseph Dari is saying, "Great to be here." I think leadership. You know, um, leadership can be like I was saying to someone recently. Leadership is a, is a tough journey. Um, you know, you might work it. Some people and they offend you, maybe your followers, and uh, vice versa. But how can you keep on showing up, keep on showing up and letting go of those challenges? Uh, for me personally, I mean, people have offended me, uh, but what I just trying to do is I, I look at the, you know, the best part of them, like uh, Reverend Kyle said, because if you don't see the best in people, you can never forgive. You have to look at the best part, what they've done in the past, those things that they have done, you know, uh, they, the wonderful times, you know, okay, she's back now. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. You're I, back I now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to get this out. This is an important message for people to know. I there know. needs to be a strategy. You need to understand 
what it means to forgive, what forgiveness looks like. I'm very adamant about this after hearing you talk about so many people who struggle in leadership with forgiveness. You know, you got to forgive yourself. You have got to forgive others. You've got to model the behavior. You know what I mean? You got to have strategies. You know what I mean? It's so, it's so important. It's so important. Even the scripture says, if you don't forgive, then how can you expect me to forgive you? So it is such it is it is a key to your to your salvation. Come on to your effectiveness and leadership. It is is, it is key to everything about who you are and what you will be able to do as a leader. Wow. Wow. Now, what are the signs that will will indicate that someone is forgiven, uh, you know, a follower or, you know, a friend or a mother or right. What are the signs? Yeah. Okay, so let me let me say that first of all, I was asked this question. What does how does forgiveness feel for you? What does it take? What's involved? Right. So if you do me wrong for me, I need you to acknowledge that you were wrong. Right. So like with my husband, he may not ever acknowledge that he was wrong. If he does me wrong, he may send me flowers. He may be kind to me. You know, he may do extra things to make up to me, but he never says I was wrong. And at first it bothered me because I'm like, no, if you did me wrong, you need to acknowledge that you was wrong. But that's just not his way. He's not going to say I did wrong. (laughs) But I do understand that he acknowledges it by trying to make me feel better because he knows that he may have disappointed me or let me down. Right. So even with him for forgiveness, forgiveness means for him, which I don't necessarily agree with. But forgiveness means for him is let's not keep talking about it. I don't want to go over and over it. You know, you did me wrong. I did you wrong. I I know that I hurt you. I know it was bad. Let's just move on. Forgiveness for him means that you go back to acting normal. Don't just keep rehearsing it. You know what I mean? So forgiveness for me means you acknowledge it. You know what, Reverend Kyle's? I was wrong. I did this. I did that. Once you acknowledge it, then I can forgive you because you have said you identified that you have done me wrong. Okay, so we can work with that. I can work with that. And then we can begin to pick up like my husband's strategy is where we left off and let's try it again. Right. Um, But some people really want to sit down and just talk about it. Oh, they want to cry about it. They need to get all of the emotions out. And sometimes you have to let people do that. They want to know, well, why did you do it? Well, what was you thinking? Did you think about how it made me feel? You know, and they just go through the full dramatic experience. Right. And um, and and, you know, they want you to continue to acknowledge it and and they want you to continue to lick the wound, you know, and. And sometimes you're not going to get that, but Hmm. you have to acknowledge, you have to realize that whether they, whether they lick the wound, whether they try to make it up through gifts, whether they acknowledge it, something has got to happen that you can visually see that is addressing what the, what it is. We can't just ignore it because at the end of the day, if you just ignore it, it's going to come out in some way. The scripture says out of the mouth comes the abundance of the heart. And sometimes you are just waiting on that chance to let that person have it because you never addressed it and you never forgave them. (laughs) 
Yeah. And sometimes people are acting out with you in your leadership circle. People are acting out in your church. They're acting out in your organization. They're acting out as your follower because that's the only way they know how to address an unresolved issue is to just act out. Hmm. And sometimes you just have to stop and say, okay, uh, you know, you can either deal with it publicly or you can say, okay, when this meeting is over, I need to meet with this person. But some type of way, you're going to have to address it sooner or later because wow. it will fester. Hmm. And you have to realize in leadership, some people are just resisting and causing chaos and causing problems in your leadership, in your leadership um, situation because of unresolved issues and resentment and unforgiveness. Wow, wow. You know, I was, um, you know, I don't know if this is a fact, but someone was saying that if you have a church, that you have a, a congregation of 10 people, you always have one person that resists your leadership. You know, a, a congregation of 10. So, um, which is like, maybe you have 100 people, you have maybe five or seven people that just don't like your leadership style. Right, right. Is that true? Does that does that happen? It, it, is, it is true. It's true. Um, so um, I was going to say that John Maxwell taught me that with leadership comes skills, strategies and styles. Hmm. There are three things that come with leadership, skills, strategies and styles. There are different styles of leadership. There are different skills that you have to possess, different characteristics that you need to have in order to be an effective leader. And then there are strategies. So in one of his books, John Maxwell gives the example that he was pastoring at this particular time. And no matter what he said, there was a person in his congregation that was resistant to everything that he wanted to do. But yet he identified that there was also someone in that congregation that that person would go along with whatever that person said. So he realized that in some in this situation he wasn't the real pastor he was just the pastor in title but 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 it, but the other person was the one that the, that the people were really listening to if 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 uh if matthew said it everybody was on board but if he said it you know 90 percent, then other 10 would be resistant because they would be dependent on what matthew said all right yeah, yeah. so he said he started just hanging out with matthew going to matthew's house listening to matthew talking to him you know uh, getting on board with him and in a real sense putting in matthew's mouth and hand the things that he wanted to say and do that he could not do but matthew could and it was so interesting that he taught me that strategy because it happened to me in seminary when i was a part of a group where there was this one girl who just could not stand me and no matter what idea I had she would come against it and then I thought about what John Maxwell taught me in terms of this strategy and I began to call the other members of the group and I would say what do you think about this idea what do you think oh I think that's a great idea and I would talk to them and when the when we would get on the group call I wouldn't say anything I would let the other people talk and when it was over they they would all agree on it and it would be my idea but I didn't have to say anything because wow. I knew that if I said something that that one person would vote against it and she would resist it. But if everybody else was in agreement, I was like, oh, OK, that sounds good. Even though it was my idea, I was just kind of going along with it. Well, that's a strategy. Wow. Sometimes you will work with difficult people who will not like you, people mm. that will resist you, people that will fight against you. And sometimes you have to continue to use strategies and you have to win that person over, win wow. them over, win them over, right? Wow, wow. 
John will say that, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know until how they much know you know. And thank God for that. Thank God for him teaching us that. Because when I first went to my church, there were people in my church that were hurt because the previous pastor did not really care for them when they had lost their loved ones. He, the pastor did not come visit them. The pastor may not have called them. The pastor didn't reach out to them. Sure. And when I found out the pain that the people were having, I didn't take it personally. And that's another thing that we have to understand in forgiveness. Sometimes we triggered something in a person that was already there. It ain't even about you. You know, you triggered something that they already like, you know, their mother had done them that way or their best friend or somebody else had done. Wow. And when you did something, it woke up that feeling that they already had and they lashed out on you. Wow. So one of the things that you have to do is don't take everything personal. Sometimes wow. people doing things against you that's really not against you. Wow. Right. So what I did was I started caring. I started visiting. I started sending my I started sending cards to my members, calling wow. them, saying, hey, just thinking about you. Can't wait till Sunday to see you in worship. I became a pastor that focused on care. I personally call my members, send them cards, hug them, love them. And I came to their house. Hmm. And that woman, she when, when I got to her house, she said, I've never in all my years had one of my pastors to come to my house and visit me. Wow. wow. <laughs> so when she found out that I cared enough to call, to visit, to come by, I ain't had no more problems out there, lady. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Awesome. You know, that's 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 good, you know, because I know our listeners watching, you know, all over the world. Uh if you have questions for Reverend Cows, you know, just drop it in the chat box, you know, because we want you know as many questions to come in so that we can, you know, she can get feedback. Um, you might be dealing with unforgiveness, you know, and, and it might be something that's been injuring you, holding you back. Um, you know, there's an opportunity for you to get some, you know. Uh, perspective, fresh perspective. So you can drop it in the chat box. And if you also have a comment, you know, regarding unforgiveness, what, what your views are, you can also draw, drop it in the chat box. Now, I want to find out, um, what's the consequence of um, a person not being able to uh, deal with unforgiveness? What's the consequence? Um, there's a large consequence to it because um, you need to understand that you are really connected to somebody that's connected to somebody that's connected. Wow. And sometimes when you're not forgiving of me, you're blocking yourself from other people that you could that you could have access to that you're not going to have access to. Because when that person asks me about you, I'm going to mm -hmm. say no. Because me and you have not, uh, we're, we haven't been reconciled. So therefore, you're not going to get the, the, you're not going to get the vouch that you would get from me if we had worked things out. Wow. Wow. Um, and another thing, too, is that when you uh, when you don't forgive people, opportunities will come that you will miss because you did not reconcile that relationship. So therefore, when the big opportunity came, you know what? I could really connect Reverend Kyle. She is perfect for this opportunity, but I'm not going to extend it to her because you know what? I don't like her. We didn't make up from the last fight that we had. And I'm just going to find somebody else. Wow. 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 So, 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 so what you're saying is that, you know, unforgiveness hinders your progress? 
It hinders your progress. It affects your leadership. You don't forgive people. You don't know what you're missing out on when you don't forgive people. And people don't know what they're missing out on when they don't forgive you. You know, people will admire you. They will be inspired by you. They will model your behavior. You know what? If Reverend Cowles could forgive her after what she did to her, I can forgive too. It inspires people to to uh, to duplicate, if you will, to, to follow the model that you have laid for for forgiveness you know what i mean it, wow. it helps people to understand that they can forgive themselves and they can forgive others you know that that you betrayed me but guess what you know and it goes back to that strategy of giving room for error that i may not have emphasized as much as i would like to because that helped me give people room to make error they wow. will give the, if you tell them that something is due on the first don't don't tell people it's due on the first if you absolutely have to have it on the first tell them it's due on the 27th so that'll give wow. them a few more days because i guarantee you somebody ain't gonna have that thing turned in when you say it everybody's not gonna meet that deadline when you hmm. tell everybody at three o'clock somebody not gonna get that to 3 30. You know what I mean? When you think that this is taken care of somebody, the ball is going to fall on somebody's, you know, <laughs> through somebody's hands. And here you are all upset, frustrated and mad because you did not have a plan B and you didn't give that person room for error. Guess what? You cannot you cannot uh, mm -hmm. cancel my whole program just because you didn't show up. I invited you to do something. I asked you to do something. And guess what? If you don't do that, my program will still go forward. But wow. if I don't have a plan B and I don't have confidence and I'm not in a situation where I'm right. a great leader to where I can push things forward, right. I will put my whole program in your hands. And when it falls through your hands, now I'm all upset because my whole program fell through because I put too much into your hands. Hmm. Now, I want to talk about, you know, this is not a marriage session. The one, you know, my the next session that I have next week is on leadership and marriage. You know? <laughs> But I, I, I know you're also, uh, you know, being a reverend, you know, you know, you, you're also um, uh, in the right place to also speak to this, you know. Um, now, you know, the issue of unforgiveness in marriage. Can you just speak to that, you know, just a little? Yeah, I can speak to it. Um, um, I can say that there are. Okay, there are two sides to every story. So if my husband was talking, he probably could tell you that I have maybe disappointed him, hurt him, or let him down. But because I have the mic, I can speak to how he has <laughs> hurt me. Okay. And my husband has done things to me that really uh has have have angered me, frustrated me to no end, made me upset and just really affected me in such a way where my attitude was bad. I just was upset, you know, and just showing out as a wife because that's just what we do when we get upset. You know, it's like, yeah. you know what? I am, I am ticked, you know, and that kind of thing, you know, and we act out in different ways. Right. Um, but at the same time, um, I had to understand that no matter what the problem was, I was not going to leave 
you mm. already have to decide I'm not leaving. If you say, well, I can't forgive him. You know what? I want a divorce, <laughs> you know, because we end up in divorce because we feel like divorce is an option. You know, he hurt me. He disappointed me. I'm mad. He overspent or she didn't do this. Or she didn't. Okay. Well, let's just get a divorce. <laughs> but you have to, you have to make the decision that divorce is not going to be the option. Now wow. I can be bad for a week or it could be a day. We can, we, however we go work this out it will work out but at the end of the day we're going to stay together even if you sleep on the couch if i sleep whatever we do at the end of the day we are going to be together and i think that that's how you have to deal with forgiveness now there are some things that i don't that that i think that are barriers if he you know certain things are deal breakers for me you know they just are you know, and I think that at some point we need to have some type of deal breakers that we established originally. You know what I mean? You, we yeah. need to have, when my husband and I were dating, we talked about what the deal breakers were. And for me, one of them was you're not going to stay out all night long anywhere unless you are on a business trip. You know what I mean? You out of town, you know, with your family or something like that. You don't get to spend the night all night and, and, and all night long somewhere. You know, and I know men and women who do that. I mean, I'm like, what? No, no, no. If you come home tomorrow, you better be coming in on the ambulance. (laughs) 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 The ambulance better be bringing you in because if you you are going to come home every night that you're married to me. Period. That's a deal breaker. You see what I'm saying? So those kinds of things were established at the beginning. Hmm. So and so now if it's not something like that, but now at the end of the day, if you done if you've done something to hurt me, we are going to stay together. Wow. We're going to be together. At the end of the day, it's going to be me and you. Wow. Period. Period. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 I mean, maybe is it because you're a pastor's kid? That's why you're talking like this? No, or- it's because I'm passionate. I love, I'm oh. all things leadership. This is my call. It is my passion. I study it. I live it. I I practice it. <laughs> you know, because you know, some, some, some people might be listening, you know, all over the world and say, oh, maybe, maybe she, she's, because of, she's a reverend. She doesn't understand what my husband has done. She oh. doesn't understand what my mother's done. What, what are you going to say to that? I do understand. Well, you know, I don't think that this is my platform to expose all of the things that I have had to forgive. Um, You know, uh, I would say that sex and money are two of the greatest struggles that married people have. And when it has come to money or sex, you know, um, I think that I can I can speak to it, you know. Um, um, no, go ahead. Just speak, you know. We want to hear you speak because I, I, I know you, you got a lot of, in, of things on your inside, but you, you know, know this you know it, you know it. I know it's but, not the you know, marriage session, but we're going to move on because let me tell you something. I started yeah. something called Lovers and Leaders, and yeah. that was a um, a ministry at some point, and maybe just a project that I had that was between two people who were both leaders. We're lovers and leaders. Like, we're married, and both of us operate in leadership roles, right? So whether you are a president of a college and I'm a pastor of a church we are if, or if we're both working in these organizations we both are leaders so i understand firsthand some of the struggles that married couples have had particularly lovers and leaders right so for an example and let's just deal with it in general um um there is there has been times when um 
I'm going to give you two examples. There have been times where, for an example, if a woman or a man takes medicine, they have to take a medication, right? This medication affects your drive, your interest, your health, your energy, right? Yeah. Um, but you never mentioned it. And so now the person doesn't understand why you're always tired, why you're always grumpy, why you seem disinterested. Wow. 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 But it's basically because of the medicine that the person is taking, right? Or it's something stressful on the job that is draining the passion, the desire, the interest out of them, you know? And so then you may automatically start assuming that that person is having an affair or that person is falling out of love with you or they're not interested in you with you anymore, you know? And then instead of you having that conversation with them or with them being honest with you about something, the relationship just goes spirals down down, 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 right? Well, the reality of it is, is that this is the responsibility of both of you. Both okay. of you are responsible. It's not his kid. fault. It's not yeah. his fault. So what I'm, what I'm getting to is that no matter what the scenario is, there is always joint responsibility to whatever it is, is the problem. It's not just his problem that he changed medicine or she changed medicine or her hormones changed or whatever, her health changed. <laughs> you were supposed to communicate that. That yeah. is your job. That person well, don't know that that medicine affected you sexually. That person don't know you took on some extra things on the job that's got you wiped out. That person don't know that you're hurt because of a sibling issue or a parent issue or a best friend issue. All they know is that you have begun to disengage and they don't really know why. And they never brought it up. Then you, When they ask you, you said nothing. <laughs> you know, they said, well, what's wrong with you? Nothing. And you know what I mean? Now you understand. <laughs> you know, something is what, what is it? Well, you know, this happens in marriages. The wife will say nothing and nothing. You know, you keep on trying to, you know, it's like you're trying to bring her back to life and say nothing. So the nothing could go on for two days. It so what go on. It could go on and on. And I think, <laughs> I think you know, nothing. So I think that... um you just have to, you do have to be compassionate. You do have to wow. be loving and patient. But at the end of wow. the day, you have to decide that no matter what it is that we're going through, we are in this together. And wow. I think that um, in marriage, God will, I feel, I feel that God will fix it to where some type of way that person got to come to you. You know what I mean? Hmm. They might've been saying nothing, 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 but the Lord will fix it with some type of way they gonna have to come to you. Okay. Because they can't just keep ignoring you and acting like they don't need you. They don't want you. You're not available. You're not there. You're not present. We are in this together. And it's mm -hmm. only so long you're going to be able to sleep on this couch or to ignore me or not to speak to me or whatever it is you're doing. It's a time frame to that. And mm -hmm. if it was me, if I had known differently, I would have said, you know what? You got another week for this. And next week, you're going to have to do something. I'm going to give you a little time. Wow. But, but, but we're going to cross the line on it. I'm not wow. going to continue to just, you know, no, you're going to have to, in a, by next week, we either need to talk about it or you need to be them fixed it. But there has to come but, some type but, but, of. But, but Reverend, Reverend, now, you know, I, I think, you know, I just want us to, I'm, I'm not saying this is not possible, but, you know, it depends on the gravity of the offense, you know. Yes. 
Yes. Some might say you can't just tell me three days that you oh, want me. Oh no, three days you got to be at least to talk to me about it. I ain't saying it's right. got to be fixed, but I can't. I'm not. There has to be a boundary because you because when you start talking about marriage and we're gonna stick together, what if you stay with that person for six months and they're never ready to open up uh, intimately with you? It's been six months now. You ain't said nothing. They ain't said nothing. And ain't nothing happened. You know what I mean? Wow. What's wow. going to happen? You know what I'm saying? You can't give, you can't continue to give that kind of space that you're not engaging. Because then the first time I start being engaged with somebody else, I'm making grounds for us to divorce. Mm. And mm. you are too. Both of us are putting us in a place where we can lose this marriage. Mm. I would be like, okay, well, just remember every every couple of weeks that you keep denying me, you're pushing me further and further away. I just want to remind you of that. <laughs> no, Reverend, you know, uh, I just want to thank you. You've spoken to so many areas, but, you know, I mean, this this is a talk that, you know, quite a number of people are so so much interested in, you know, they, they're battling with unforgiveness. You know, it's a major challenge. Now, how do you address this issue of money? Money, you know, creating uh, friction, you know, to lead to unforgiveness. Maybe, you know, you keep on spending the money, you're not accountable, you keep on doing it and doing it. Just speak to that. Please. I think that first of all, you have to be honest. Um, I had to be honest, my husband is terrible with money and it doesn't matter. I told him this last time, if we went on vacation and I gave him $2,000 to spend, he would overspend and we would be in the negative when we get back from vacation. He just <laughs> finds a way to spend, you wow. know? And when I asked him, how much, how much did we spend? He said, did you have a good time? All right then. Well, if you had a good time, that's all that matters. No, that is not all that matters. I did have a good time, but how much did we spend? How, where are we? You know, we've been to dinner. We've been to the beach. We've been shopping. We've been here. We've been there. How, how, where are we at now on what we can spend? Don't worry about it. whatever you want. Just get that because he is so interested in making us have a good time that yeah. he feels like we'll just make it up when we get back. And it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. <laughs> You know, and like I tell him, maybe we could eat at fancy restaurants for two nights. And then the next night we might eat at a fast food restaurant. We might not can't eat fine dining the whole week we're here. We have to spread. But him, well, well, you want steak, you want lobster, whatever you want. Let's just have a good time. Let's eat it. And when we get back, we'll work it all out. When we get back, we home. It out. no, no, <laughs> you know. Because you know, you are thinking of the after event. You know, he's looking at the event. You're thinking of the after. <laughs> I'm a visionary. I'm always thinking about the full picture. He is always thinking about right now. What do we want right now that will make us happy right now? And that's his mindset. One time he told me, "You can't take the money with you." What? Wow. <laughs> So my first step is you have to understand that person's uh, values and, and, okay. and really accept you. you Listen, not necessarily accept it and be OK with it, but be honest about it, because I hadn't been being honest. I was frustrated. I was mad. We were arguing. We were fussing. But I never would just be honest enough to say and he wouldn't be honest enough to say you are just not doing a good job with the money. You're yeah. not. 
So with me, I would give him a detailed report. When I was over the money, here's what we brought in. Here's what we spent. I have a spreadsheet, okay? I can email wow. the sheet. I can print it out, give it to you. Here's all the receipts of everything. He does not, he, he appreciates it, but he's not going to do that. He's just yeah. not going to do it. Yeah. So we argued and fussed about money all the time. He wow. said, I'm not going to work this hard and I can't buy myself something. Well, if the budget is, what budget item are you going to pull it from? Wow. What you mean budget item? I, I, you know, so it was just a constant argument. Hmm. But so one of the, so that was the first thing is, is that we argued, but we had to be honest. And then we just had to compromise. We just really had to come to a compromise. It couldn't be money is one of those things where you can't just draw the line and say, no, it's going to be like this. You yeah. have to compromise. Okay. So, um, you going to need money to smoke your cigars. <laughs> okay. You're going to need your hair money. You're going to need your pizza money, which I already bought groceries. So I don't think that you should have pizza money. You should eat whatever I cook. But if you got to have pizza money, fine. But we're going to cut back on this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. you, you, you got to give them some room for pleasures. Hmm. You got to get And then another thing, too, is sometimes if it seems like you sneaking, but sometimes you just have to put something away and that person just can't know. Yeah, yeah. My wife you, can't, does, you, you can't let the right hand know what the left hand is. When I'm excited, I'm going to spend, I'm, you know, to just say, you know, I kept this away, you know, for the rainy day. I said, you know, Paul, I told you we needed to do this. He said, no, I know that we'll always need, you know. We, so, right, right. If I let my husband know how much money we have in the savings, I guarantee you he'll find a reason why we need to spend some of that money. Wow. Well, we need to put some tires on the car. Well, if you if you figure out another way, because this is going to be the savings. So I just don't tell him. He don't know how much we have in the savings account. I'm not going to tell him. Wow. Wow. But you said you're going to be, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the man found the wife and they were naked and not ashamed. You know, just... <laughs> You know, well, you got a great scripture, you know. <laughs> you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna know. And but you know what? Another thing too is, is that my husband takes me for granted now because he yeah. says one thing about my wife: she ain't gonna never be broke. I know she got some money. I know if I tell him I don't have no money, yo, I know you got some money. I know you got some money because you ain't gonna be broke. Cause he know I'm never gonna spend up all my money. Yeah. I'm never gonna spend up all my money. Yeah. You're going to spend up all your money and then you're going to come to me and want to borrow some of my money. <laughs> I must no, still have some money. Well, we, we need to thank God for our wives. You know, I mean, I, I want to salute you. I mean, for if you've just been joining us, uh, just joined us, I've been having a great time with my friend from North Carolina, Reverend Tajin Quiles. Uh, she's a fascinating woman. She's a grandmother. She's a mm. mother. She has five children we shared with her husband. And uh, she's she has a, you know, um, a unique perspective. Yeah, a unique perspective. <laughs> she's she's a pastor. She's been a pastor for almost twenty years. Well, I've been in ministry for twenty years, but I'm a pastor for five, a senior wow, pastor wow. for five years. Wow, mm -hmm. excellent, excellent. Now, I just want you know, we've got a lot of comments. Uh, someone said, you know, what you also a John Maxwell team member uh, in Lagos, Nigeria, Abiola Shoremeku said, I resonate, you know, with. Um, what you said, you know, um, about mm -hmm, I saw that. Said, yeah, uh, Odeemi Olai Wale said, um, husbands, husbands are providers, are providers and, wives. And, and wives are managers. But guess what? But guess what? To my friend who said that, that may not always be the case. 
Husbands yeah. are providers, but women can be providers too. And sometimes the men are better with the money than the woman. So it's not a gender thing. It's a it's a it's a skill. It's a it's an ability thing. Do you have the ability to manage our finances the best, whether you're the man or the woman? And what mm. are you gonna do in cases when the woman makes more money than the man? Mm. Mm. So mm. let's so let's stop put it into wives, okay. husband, gender. Let's just okay, put it so, in. <laughs> So it's not usually it's not always the case that the the the, the wives are provide the husbands are providers. It could be that the wife is earning more than the husband. You know, is that what you're saying? I'm saying that the man could have been uh, sh shown, trained, taught how to budget and how to make wiser decisions than the woman. There are plenty of women that overspend. They got to get everything. They got to get the hair done, the nails done. They got to spend. They got to shop. They got to go here. They got to go there. They got to have all of these things. And the man is like, oh, my God. I yeah. just happen not to be one of those women. And I tell my daughter the same thing. I, I, you know, sometimes you could give your own self a manicure or a pedicure. Sometimes you yeah. may not get your nails done. Sometimes you need to cut your own hair. Sometimes mm -hmm. you need to take your lunch. You can't go out to eat every day. So there are strategies. But see, let's go back to this real quickly before we move on. It yeah. all is about vision. Okay. Leadership, leaders have vision. Hmm. And I had to understand in, in a, uh, in, uh, at some point in my marriage that one of the reasons why we were failing in this area is because I was not casting the vision of where we were trying to go financially. My husband hmm. didn't see that what eventually what we want to do is we want to save up enough money to where our bills can be paid up for two or three months or more. So if we get it's sick right. or something happens, we got some, we have, we're, we're able to cover our, our bills. Right. Or I wanted him to see that one day we'll be able to travel, but if we broke, we can't never travel anywhere. I needed, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I needed him to see that there are yeah. things that he wants that hmm. you can get, but we have to put something to the side. So one of the things that helped us is for me to share, to cast vision. Come on, somebody. As a leader, you must cast vision. So when you begin to tell your wife, every time you overspend, you take away from my retirement because mm -hmm. I because I could see us living on the beach or I can see us in a condo. I can see us with two cars that's paid off. But that every time you overspend, that affects us both having two cars that's paid off. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I could yes. see, I told my husband, we need to travel to Africa. I've been. You haven't been. I could see us both taking a trip to Africa. But we can't take it if you keep on overspending. Yeah. So as a as a married person, ask yourself, why is, is, your, is your spouse comfortable with overspending? What is mm -hmm. it that they don't see that's affecting their, them right now? That you can overspend right now because you don't see how it affects you in the future. Wow, wow, wow. Honestly, you know, I mean, you've been getting a lot of vibes, you know. Uh, people are just <laughs> celebrating you uh, on this platform. Uh, you know, you're just so wonderful. You're authentic. And this is who you are, you know. I mean, you're not just coming to fake it. And <laughs> this is this is you. I mean, I'm just so proud of you, um, you know, for speaking the truth to you know, the situation. Um, now, we just have two more questions because okay. I know that, you know, you're just coming from church, you know, and uh, you made a lot of sacrifice, you know, to be here 
and people are listening all over the world. They're going to be watching the replay. We so wonderful, uh, wonderful. You know, if you've enjoyed the session, just say thank you to Reverend Cows. You know, just say thank you, thank in, you. In, in the chat. You know, just say thank you. She's a, look. He uh, asked me some questions. I was trying to remain in a more calm and professional. You know, more intellectual. Say, yeah. but you when you start hitting my spots, I will. <laughs> I'm like, wait. <laughs> Let me <laughs> push that to the side. Let me give it to you straight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's a, uh, it's 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 an honor, you know, having you, because, you know, when we talk about, you know, this area, yeah, to to Luwaleke from where you are, you know, is is a friend of mine. is from Florida. Um, he's saying thank you, man. You know, um, you know, yeah, because you know this area you're speaking to is so sensitive. You know, it's not just anyone that can speak to it because people can see through, you know, even what we say. You know, whether right. this is just. Right. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier. If you're not forgiving your spouse, but you up in front of an organization trying to lead an organization, but you are yeah. harboring unforgiveness from your children, your spouse, your parents, how effective are you really? Hmm. How are you pastor in a church, but you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart, but you got the nerve to be up preaching and praying forgiveness, but you still haven't forgiven your, 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 your loved ones. Wow. You can't wow. harbor it in your heart because you can't be effective in your leadership if you are harboring unforgiveness. But but when, when is the right time to move on? Do you just sit there, you know, and just continue to, you know, when is the right time to move on? You know, some relationships are so, um, they're so negative, you know, that toxic. Do you, do you just stay in those relationships? I mean, friends or you know here you here here you are let me let me look into this camera and i want to talk to somebody that's on the other other side of this camera and i want to tell you something you are unstoppable wow can i help you you are unstoppable and don't let anything stop you from being unstoppable. And what do I mean by that? There are so many great things that God has called you to do and to be. And if God has called you to great things, but you are letting people unforgiveness, you are allowing small minded people, you know, you're letting past failures, you're allowing all of these things to hold you captive, to hold you down, to block you, to weigh you down. Then that affects the unstoppable person that you are designed and called to be. That's Nobody right. can stop you. And once I embrace that, my husband can't stop me. My daughter can't stop me. I don't care what she says. At some point, uh, she's going to have to grow up, move out, you know, and until she does, I'm going to still stay forward because you can't stop me. I'm going to get this doctorate. I'm going to pastor my church effectively. I'm going to maintain my marriage to the best of my ability. I'm going to be the best mother that I can. I'm going to continue to dream and live and explore and live and be healthy. And you can't stop me. Wow. Now, when people get to the point where they can stop you, move them out the way because you wow. are unstoppable. Wow. If, if they can't get along with you and you have tried everything that you can, let them go bye-bye. You are unstoppable. Wow. If this man don't want to work it out with you, if this woman can't get on the same page with you, she don't love you, she don't like you, she can't get with your plan, she can't get with your vision, bye-bye because I am unstoppable. 
Wow. And my husband knows it. If he walk off and leave me today, guess what? I'm going to still be great. Wow. He can't stop me from being great. Wow. Thank you. Wow. 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 <laughs> he can't stop me. So I, I want to say to Oh, Lord. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think the network is, uh, is playing on. Uh, Reverend, she'll be back shortly. But you know, we've been we've been so blessed. We've been so blessed. Um, you know, we've been so blessed. She she shared so many things tonight. Um, you know, on this area of forgiveness. But what she's just saying is that we we are unstoppable because sometimes you're in a toxic environment, and no matter what you try to do, people see still see the, those negative things in you, and they don't just want to accept you. Um, and it could be a tough place to be, you know, it could be a tough place to be. But what she's saying is that we are unstoppable, you know, we are unstoppable. Sometimes you just feel that what else can you do? What else can you do to, uh, you know, continue to show up and add value to, you know, a person that doesn't just want to accept you, you know? Sorry, you're back on again. Listen, let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? Yeah, I am. Um, I am at a facility talking to you. And while I was here, this lady walked up to me and brought me this note. She said, I am Tara. I'm a believer. I'm a minister. And I've been hearing your conversation. Yeah. And I've been blessed by listening to your conversation. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, wow. can't, you can't stop me. I'm a bless somebody. Even if somebody is overhearing me do a broadcast, I'm going to bless somebody because I am I am. I am purposed to be a blessing. I am ordained wow. to be a blessing. So I just wanted to mention that when you asked me, when do, how do you know when to shake things? You shake it when it when it hinders you, when it when you know if it's gonna stop you from purpose, from from living out your and a bad marriage can't stop you, unhappiness can't stop you. Guess what? Maybe you don't have the most wonderful wife. Maybe you don't have the most wonderful husband. Maybe he has issues. But they can't stop you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Ah, this is this this has been awesome. I know you've been, you know, trying to navigate. Hold on for a sec. Hold, hold on for a second. Okay. Did he leave? Okay. I'm still here. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Can you see me? I can't see. Okay. There you, here you come. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. It's just my, my. I know something just happened on your. Okay. Now. Because I'm back. Okay. I can't hear you, though. I don't know what just happened. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And so I just I just I think that 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 is kind of the question that you that you wanted that you know, I, you were talking about how can we um um ingrain leadership into our culture? You know, how yeah. can we do it? And I think um 
one of the things that I did at my church is that I established core values. Um, I have, I was a part of this organization where we identified the core values of the organization. So I did that for my church. And one of our core values were forgiveness, respect as well. So yeah. we had five core values that we operate at the Ebenezer AME Zion Church. One of them is, uh, is respect. And so we identified mm-hmm. and established that at this church, we will respect everybody. We will okay. respect everybody. There were some other core values that we have, but forgiveness is one of them because we understood that as a church body working together, that somebody will be offended, hurt, let down, disappointed. Somebody will misunderstand what you said, what you did. So we we um, established forgiveness as a part of our core values, okay, okay, in this church. So if it was ever brought to me as a pastor, if every any issue was brought to me, then the, one of the things that I would do is pull out what our mission is and what our core values are okay so this is the mission of this church these are our goals and these are our core values yeah. now let's let's address this issue um listen while being informed by these three things our mission our goals and our values right so yeah so that so that's one of the things and so you and so to establish that you give people room for error you know you you put yourself in that person's shoes you become adaptable so here's one of the things that you need to uh, establish in your leadership adaptability Right. Okay. So okay. instead of you being mad because sister so-and-so didn't show up, you go on and get the program started. Instead of you being upset because something didn't go a certain way, be adaptable, be ready to shift. OK. OK. We thought she was going to sing. We're going to have a congregational hymn. Our soloist ain't here. You know what I mean? Just yeah. shift. Be ready to shift, okay? We thought we yeah. was going to have a special guest, but we're going to put the topic out here and we're going to allow everybody to share. We don't have a special guest on the topic. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. as a leader, you need to always be ready to shift and to adapt and move wow. forward. Give that person room for error. Wow. So then, be be right, ready to shift. Be yeah. ready to shift. Be ready to shift. Instead of you being so upset, be ready to move. You didn't follow through with what I asked you to do, but guess what? I'm unstoppable. We're going to still have this program. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. Just one more question. One more question. Uh, so that I leave you to uh, join your family because I, I know they I'm okay. I'm on a roll. I'm yeah, on a roll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally, who are your mentors? Who are your mentors? Okay. So in terms of mentorship, I define a mentor in my life as someone who has helped me to do something that I could not do on my own. If I can lead myself, you're not my mentor. If I if I can if I can open this door for me, then you you know what I mean. For me, mentors are people who prepare me for opportunities, who 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 um provide opportunities for me, who invest in me, and who genuinely celebrate me, who really want to see me be successful. Because there are some people in your life that really don't are really not genuinely um celebrating you. It's like okay, I got the number one show is like hey yay instead of saying yes I am so you know like that. you can feel it when people are genuinely proud of you right yeah, so yeah. Pat Sanders Ford was my first mentor she inspired me to want to be a lady 
I was right. more like tomboyish. I was a girl, but I did not have the ways of a lady. And she taught me how to be a lady, how to celebrate my womanhood and to have class and style about myself. You know, right. so I have a brooch on. I have my pearls on. I have my pearl necklace. And, and, the, and the way I dress and the way I carry myself is because she taught me what it means to have style and class and to be a woman and a lady. Right. Wow, wow. But my mentor, Dr. Tyson, taught me how to be a woman preacher. And she helped me to understand that it's not about how beautiful you are in this pulpit. It's about God. So yeah. take the attention off of you and put it on God. Put your robe on and don't have, you know, you got all your hair, your makeup, your nails. It ain't about that. It's about you glorifying God. Right. Then wow. I had a mentor that taught me the importance of teaching the eight intelligence learning styles, how to impart information and knowledge on, you know, into people and that kind of thing. And then I had a preacher that taught me preaching, a mentor that taught me, he gave me opportunities to preach at places I never could have preached. And he showed me how to preach the gospel and the good news of Jesus. And he said, get up there and, and talk about Jesus and, and, and invite people into a relationship with the Lord. So I, I understood that that was what it was about. And then lastly, uh, I had a mentor that taught me how to pastor and how to be a good leader in the church. And one that taught me how to be an administrator. This is how you organize things and run things. And he gave me opportunities. You organize and lead that. You took, you're, you're responsible to execute that. He gave me execution opportunities. Here's the vision execute. Right. So if there for me, there's been a combination of people who have taught me how to be a woman, how to be a preacher, how to be a teacher, how to be an administrator, a pastor. You know what I mean? You know, and even even how to be a wife, because my this is the best advice my mentor ever gave me. She said a wise woman builds her house, but Mm. a foolish woman tears her house down. Wow. And honey, wow. those words resonated with me. So she said, you can dog your husband out. You can act like that. You can not do that. You can do that. But guess what? A wise woman builds her house. Wow. On this note, on this note, <laughs> I, I just I just want to thank Reverend Cows. Cows is, is just, you know, she's showing up tonight massively. Just let's just appreciate her once again. You know, oh, thank this one, you. I, I just want to appreciate you. Thank you so much. I just want to appreciate you, your husband, your family, your church, your ministry. Um, I pray for you that there will still be many um, great things happening for you. Um, on behalf of myself, Leadership Talk with Adek, okay? Uh, we just want to okay. say thank you, thank you, thank you so much. My wife is also saying thank you. She's saying, stay, you know. Oh, uh, where's your wife? Yeah, my wife has been on the, on the platform. Oh, yeah. She named, her name is... Yeah. Yeah. Lady, I'm telling you, this man is who he is because of who you are. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Reverend. All right. Thank, uh, you. thank you. Thank you, everyone. Has appreciated you thus far. So until next week, this has been Leadership Talk with Adegoke. Thank you so much, everyone, All right, for joining. God bless you. Thank you. Thank Take you. Take care. Thank All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.